Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Rose Confidential here at earsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Going to peel back the cover here and talk about some mysteries surrounding West Virginia sports. There have been a few lately, in addition to the one that's kind of dominated every day for almost two months now. When are sports coming back? What does the future look like? We don't have answers to that. Those are going to remain mysteries for a while, but there are some pressing issues that we need to figure out. And I will welcome in my personal Robert Stack to help me solve these unsolved mysteries. Chris Anderson, first question, first mystery. Where are your groceries? <laughs> Nowhere to be found. Uh, a little delayed on our podcast today because our our local grocer has, you know, you call, you place your order online, you call when you pull up, they come out and they put it in your trunk to try to keep people from going inside. I called, sat out there for about 30 minutes uh, behind a couple other people. Finally, uh, st- walked inside to see what was going on and about, I don't know, seemed like 100 people inside waiting in line to get their online order, uh, just completely ignoring the stay outside, please uh, request. So no groceries for me. It's going to be a hungry, hungry, hungry weekend or or just eating out, uh, which is always enjoyable, all but not good for me. I can't remember if I've asked you this before, if I asked it like at the ends of a, a three things I think and know on a Sunday, but I'm curious what you think about things like this that, I don't know, you probably hadn't done pickup groceries before, correct? Uh, I had okay a little i had bit, not yeah. i had not i love walking to the grocery store it's, it's like my favorite thing just to walk around i don't go with the list i'm not a list guy i'll go in and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pull out like five meals because i saw something cool and i get some ideas and things like that it is pretty cool to just go and get your groceries in your backseat of your car that's wild the click and cart function online is tough it takes forever to do that so i'm not a fan of it and i don't think i'll be doing that but picking up growlers at the brewery yes Pretty nice. Yeah, I'm wondering, you, like, what what features do you want to have in your future? I could probably do it without the grocery stores, but like, yeah, man, drive by beer. I like that. I, I love it. I, I think I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day, but I went mm-hmm. by, called up my favorite burger joint that has a bunch of different type of beer, and I had already eaten lunch, so all I wanted were a few cold beers, and they told me I couldn't. But luckily, they got some uh, fried Oreos, so I ordered a handful of those for the kids, and uh, I had one or two or three and uh it was great i loved the like i just pulled up they set my they see they know me so they waved and they put a bag full of cold beer right there on a table outside and went inside and i grabbed it and left and that was it it was fantastic yeah i I mean it's probably boosted business in this time i'm guessing but like i wonder if that'd be a boost in the future but similarly like i can't i can't see movie theaters being packed for a while but like maybe studios releasing straight to a streaming service or like straight to your cable provider. I don't know. Like that's interesting to me. Um, but like, I don't want virtual haircuts. I don't want my wife cutting my hair. So we're going to have to to give away some of our liberties and take back some things that we miss. But I don't know. The grocery thing is interesting, but the, the breweries and liquor stores and, and things like that are, I don't know like that stuff. I guess we have to think about here, but more to our point, things we want to talk about uh, a couple of them that hit our sports here at West Virginia I don't even know where to begin because these are all kind of interesting. Let's start with the big one because Bob Huggins appeared and looked really good, by the way. Looked fresh, bright-eyed, had some uh, some thoughts. And this is a time of year where he's probably running himself around like crazy recruiting. Um, instead, he's at home or at his cabin. He's relaxing. 
It looks like it too. It's good to see him um, with some energy as he appeared on a university property. I guess this would have been Wednesday, right? And yeah. right out of the shoot, just starts dropping bombs on some shady characters who maybe had their hands in the pockets or at least were whispering in the ears of Oscar Shibway. Long story short here, and then we'll make this short story long. Um, Oscar Shibway did seek an evaluation from the NBA, did not enter the NBA draft. And what I mean by that is he didn't even put his name into the I'm officially entering as underclassman. He just got his review and it came back. And that apparently wasn't good news for everybody, which is something that surprised Bob Huggins. And a small number of characters here, he says, tried to make a buck off of Shibway. And it sounds like really encouraged him into at least entering the draft. Staying in, I don't know. Hard to tell. Not a lot of context there. I haven't had a chance to speak with Bob or Oscar. But it does sound like they at least wanted him to entertain it because they see him as a paycheck. I've since come to discover this is not nearly as mysterious the closer you get to the heart of the matter. But from a thousand yards away, this looks really weird. Yeah, uh, and this is something... You know, I've alluded to a couple times here on the pod, on the pod, where I think it might have been our last podcast where I mentioned two of them. Yeah, that uh, that first time when when Oscar announced that he was going to, you know, put his name in for evaluation, West Virginia had no clue that was coming. They had already discussed that with him before he left to go home when when classes in person classes were canceled, and it was not going to happen. And he had already discussed it with Bob Huggins. It wasn't going to happen. And, you know, people I talked to tell me that he basically went home, talked to some other people, and was still not going in, and then talked to some different people. Uh, my understanding, the different people being the people that Bob Huggins referred to on this video. Uh, and they encouraged him to put his name in. And obviously, you can kind of make your assumptions on what what they're shooting for here and, and Huggins try to sit, put it out there, you know, trying to make a buck. So you can assume that they're either they're close to Oscar in some way, trying to be his agent or his whatever, trying to get a few bucks off him. Kind of like the, the SAG situation where a lot of people were in his ear and trying to give him advice, but maybe that advice wasn't in the best interest of the player and maybe a little more in the best interest of themselves. And again, this is not new. These are apparently some individuals who, Listen, listen, if you're a program like West Virginia, you're going to have people around. Um, I can remember reading a story in the past where Huggins gleefully uh, bragged about, you know, kicking runners and agents out of practices and off his campus before um, it got too bad. At different, I don't think it was a West Virginia, it was a Cincinnati, and then it just didn't follow him here to West Virginia. But he's had some situations where he's even said guys have made really bad, poorly informed decisions about skipping their final years or year. Um you can go down the history of players who've done that, and you probably have an idea who he's talking about. You can go back one year and probably figure out who he's talking about there. So it's not a new thing here that you know outside influences sometimes get in. That's why he's so on guard about it. But even here, this sounds like um, that it's not new, and that's probably the frustration because maybe these are people who are supposed to be friendly or at least supportive of the players in the state and the university, which really surprises and disappoints him too. Um, but he's a little bit... I would say a lot of it actually uh, chippy about this. Is there something different about this particular instance? Is it what you just mentioned that it was totally by surprise and kind of usurped his oversight or is this just the mounting of frustrations for him? 
Well, I think it's because this isn't the first time with the, with the same people. I don't think I, you know, try to remember back to some other things that might've surprised us in basketball recruiting in, in the last year or so. You kind of mentioned one, um, Jalen Bridges out of the blue deciding, mm. uh, you know, that he's going to go to West Virginia. And I think for a while there, he was, he was being guided to go another way because yes, at first, when he was first being recruited, Jalen Bridges, that is, uh, he did not yet hold a West Virginia offer. Some came in, then West Virginia wanted him. They, they actually legitimately wanted him and he was being pressed basically to kind of go the prep school route so that he could then get quote unquote bigger offers and go to another school and get to the pros faster. And again, is that in the player's best interest? It might be sometimes. Sometimes it is. But you know whose best interest it's always in? An agent. An agent always wants to get paid faster. It doesn't matter when, as long as it's faster. So I think he was kind of getting pushed that way. And and then, you know, Bob Huggins pulled the surprise, got him to commit late and redshirt. And, uh, you know, I, I think, as you mentioned, this is not new for basketball. This is not new for College basketball, it's not new for West Virginia, but I think you're starting to see more people uh, or similar people involved with more than one recruit, and it's happening again and again. And I think Bob Huggins kind of just got tired of it, and that's why he felt the need to come out and not name names but say something publicly. And and as you noted, (laughs) right at the top of that video, uh, (laughs) do you think think him and uh, Tony had a little talk before the video started about where he wanted to begin? I think Huggins gave his phone to Jenna and had Jenna thumb out a text message to Tony and said, I'll meet you at the studio in town. I got some things to get off my chest because he was ready to go. I loved it. Um, that's not my cup of tea. Watching stuff like that, I don't like it. It's not entertaining or interesting to me normally. I was riveted for about five or six minutes there going, he is not pleased about this. And you can tell where he's sincere about stuff too. And I've been on I've been on the other end of those things in, in varying levels. But like when he's when he's authentic and sincere about something, you can tell, and that was it right there. Also, he'd had that conversation with himself a couple times where he was trying to eventually unpour. I think he the time was right for him to do that. And again, it wasn't scorched earth, and it wasn't anything that was embarrassing or bad. But like you can tell, it really bugs him here too. Um, common reaction to this, you have noticed this, I've noticed this, is a lot of people saying, you know, can you find out who it is? Will you write more about it? And that's kind of where I get back to my initial point from a thousand yards away. This looks like a really weird deal. The closer we are to it, I know it's not a surprise to us. I'm pretty sure that you certainly, and I probably know the identities of the people that we're talking about here. It does me no good. It does you no good. It does them no good to talk about them. Actually, it might do them some good to talk about them, but like, I'm not really interested in elevating these people at all because one, I'm not really sure they did anything wrong. If Sheboy ended up back on campus anyways, and also it's their business and their livelihood, just because someone doesn't agree, that doesn't mean they're not doing it right. Conversely, if, if oh, I don't know, a head coach at a Power 5 basketball program thinks I'm mistaken and someone is screwing up and making things bad, we can have that conversation. I'd be happy to, but for the interest of people who would look at this and say, man, why don't you make a bigger deal out of it? It really isn't a big deal because it's truly part of a head coach's responsibility and a program's infrastructure responsibility to you know insulate your players so maybe these things don't hit them but in the event that they do entertain the nba they got to understand that it's upon them to make the best decisions that sure guys who are first round lottery talents you know they're going to get pushed and pulled in different ways 
And the program is going to be involved in that too with advice to stay or go. But like ultimately it comes down to the player to do that. There's really so much a player can do. There's really only so much a coach can do. You kind of have to do this situationally. It's not like a thing that this isn't a one-off thing. It's going to happen again in the future, but also it's just not unusual. No. And I think if you, if you want to look at it another way, it's just to say, look, if, if you have guys getting pulled like this that actually have to make these decisions, that's a good thing. That means you're getting talent, real live NBA level talent on your roster. And sure. Would it be great if you got 11 underrated guys from Chicago area named Javon Carter who aren't going to think about that kind of stuff? And um, yeah, that'd be wonderful, but that's not realistic. Like Javon Carter's one in a million. That's not going to happen all the time. You really need to go after the more talented players. And sometimes when you get these talented players, these are the kind of things that happen. These are the type of people that will try to influence their decisions and where they're going to go and what they're going to do. And as you said, uh, it, it's up to the coaches to insulate them from that and to fight them off. And uh, if you want to look at scorecard here, if we're if we're keeping score, uh, I think Bob Huggins is winning and <clears throat> might be gloating a little bit. I don't want to um, I don't want to vilify the individuals we're talking about here. This sounds like they're shady actors and they're doing stuff that's bad. Um, we've also said in the same conversation that what they're doing is fairly normal and it's part and parcel for their careers and their professions. Are they maybe too ambitious? Are they maybe uh, not as big or as influential as they think? Yeah, maybe. But it certainly is on a higher shelf right now. And I certainly hope that those guys enjoyed their tickets to the fish fry and their courtside seats before because those days are over. That not <laughs> That is not a mystery to me. I think Huggins is going to excommunicate uh, with extreme prejudice there. How about we move on to mystery number two here? Um, these days, we don't have sports. We don't have a ton of news coming from sports because of that. So when something does pop up, we might turn a molehill into a mountain. So uh, during his cameo on Zoom this week, football coach Neil Brown asked about recruiting at the end of the conversation. Not going to lie to you, I kind of rolled my eyes because um, I thought to myself, here we go, we're going to have this conversation about I have two scholarships left and I'm going to get an offensive lineman and an interior defensive lineman. Wasn't paying attention. Um, I'm now wondering why that question was asked at the end, because the answer was different. And Brown said that we have two, maybe three, but at least two scholarships available. The change there is that they went from, I mean, about what I thought was a number in cement two to a little bit more flexibility there with possibly three. I've scrambled to try to get some answers here. This is what happens when I'm in a pandemic. I can devote my laser-like focus to things as small as this. And I don't have a lot of answers on this, too. But was it all surprising to you that the uh, the question is the same, but the answer is slightly different? A little bit. We always know that these numbers are flexible. I'm with you. I think I was trying to think back because we – God, how many times have we had this conversation and run through our scholarships and our initial counters and this and that? and Dozens of text messages. In conversations, I, even not even just texts, just conversations. Yeah, and I feel like I, I, I was trying to think back to the last time we had it, and I think we settled on two, and we had heard two, and I believe Neil Brown even came out and said two. So wasn't sure where we we're getting three because uh, the two guys who were committed yet not signed, uh, Jacob Gamble and James Thomas. My understanding so far is that not much has changed with either, and one of those is. Gamble's probably not going to be on campus. I don't think there's much many people in Morgantown expecting that. Um, 
And James Thomas was a wait and see. He needed to get uh, a little bit better scores. And this is strange because a couple of the test dates were after the whole pandemic thing got started, not started, but really hit America and they started shutting down schools. They canceled ACT dates and SAT dates. And then the NCAA came out and said, you know, we'll, we'll lax the rules a little bit to get people in because of this. But I don't know, you know, how close James Thomas was or if those rules will get him in or they won't. I've reached out for, for comment uh, from James. Uh, no word yet. But I, I I couldn't remember if he was he makes maybe three or maybe something else is going on or maybe uh, even something out of left field. Let's walk through this because you're the expert here and I'm the novice, although I do have my recruiting guy card. Uh, came in the mail, by the way. Grateful. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you get 25. You can recruit 25 players. That's your hard cap. West Virginia starts down three because – they counted forward from last year, Jared Dagey, Alonzo Adai, and then either Josh Groudon or Ruben Jones. We're not sure, but one of those two. So already minus three, so you're at 22. Five players signed and are already have already enrolled. 15 other players have signed. So let's do the math. 15 plus five is 20, plus a three account forward is 23. That's where we're left with two. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Here's where it gets shady. How do you go from two, maybe three? Well, you say, well, all right, well, one of the 15 who didn't enroll but has signed, well, that won't count. No. Once you sign, you sign. That's why schools are so picky about qualifications and eligibility and making sure that the clearinghouse will give you, excuse me, the eligibility center will give you the thumbs up um, because you don't get a take back. So that doesn't work. Uh, Thomas and Gamble, yeah, they might be the two, but they wouldn't count one of them coming off because they actually never counted. They were hypotheticals. They were maybes. They could have been the final two people, but just because one of them isn't available, that means they don't add to the 23. It doesn't mean they come off the 23. So what we have to presume is that somebody in either the three counting forward, the five who are already enrolled or the 15 who are signed and have not enrolled that they are no more. Or, there's a way to blue shirt somebody forward, which that could be an academic thing. Perhaps somebody can't enroll right away. Perhaps um, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds there, but there's ways and West Virginia might have an ability to use one or two blue shirts and play that forward. And that might give them some flexibility for this class. Um, are you confused yet? I've been covering this for 10 years and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really tried to break it down in the small pieces that I understood, and it kind of made sense in my head. So I kind of thought it would make sense in the head of somebody who was smarter than no. me, but maybe not here. But how could someone who was on the 15 come off the books? Well, we've seen that already. We saw recently. Um, Osita Smith was, what was that? Was that 19, right? He, and he signed, and he didn't make it, and I don't believe he counted. I think when we were try- trying to figure it out, he never enrolled. And same with uh, Rashawn Lynn. But in la- in the 2019 class, Osita Smith, Terrence Dostin, and Rashawn Lynn all signed, actually signed their letters of intent. Uh, West Virginia got the waiver to you know, get the spot back for Dostin because he ended up getting drafted in uh, the MLB draft and went with baseball. That is but, one way you can get relief, yes. Yeah, and then... Osita Smith ended up having to go to prep school 
to get hit because his grades weren't were good enough to get him eligible right away. So he had to do a semester at prep school, ended up signing with Maryland as part of the 2020 class. And mm-hmm. Lynn, I believe went Juco. I can't, I don't know what he, but his grades were not right either. I don't think. And so those two, and if our math, if we did our math, right. Like, did they count? I don't think those two counted. I, I can hear your calculator humming in the background. Are you having trouble counting? <laughs> Three minus two, Mike, what's going on? I thought that they ate those two, and that's why they had to borrow forward. Okay, maybe they did. Uh, I Nineteen, twenty-one, yeah, twenty-eight. So then they had to borrow, go forward three. Okay, I mean maybe they got relief from one of those somehow, some way. So you mentioned the NCAA eligibility uh, revisions here, with no, I guess, upcoming and, and probably have since passed dates for the ACT or SE. S- ACT or SAT. I did pretty well on those, by the way, as you can tell. <laughs> ACT or SAT. They kind of actually they agreed to wipe out the qualifications for a um or the the requirements for a qualifying score. Um, that is good because if some guys didn't have the right SAT but they had a good GPA, they're going to be all right. Um, the NCAA's eligibility is a sliding scale; it's a combination of your GPA and your test score. So if you got a good GPA and a lousy test score and you're not eligible, well, if you take away the test score. You're okay. The trouble is that if you have a lousy GPA, you need that test score to get you up. And some guys couldn't get it. And that's important because a lot of players will try to use those summer tests to make up their GPA to get in. That happens a lot. That's why they're so important at the end. So I don't think it's a guarantee that this helps everybody. It could hurt, too, because if guys have bad GPAs, they can't rescue their grades with a test score. Similarly, um, because of that – oh, also, um, don't forget, too – some guys who have iffy GPAs and can't lift their test score, you know, they go to schools where there are quarters or semesters. If their final quarter was wiped out, that is one less data point they can use to increase their GPA. Um, or if they were doing really good, but they're in a semester system and they wiped out the semester, maybe they don't count their second semester GPA. So that doesn't help their GPA. So that's it's a good thing that they got rid of the requirement for the ACT and SAT. It, it does not solve everything for everybody it could actually cause a lot of problems too but because of this it does sound like that you might be able to petition the ncaa and say you know this player because of these COVID 19 circumstances you know would have been eligible could have been eligible he's not we get it not his fault not our fault could we get some relief there and have that come off the books without naming names there are some candidates in this class at west virginia who maybe are not locks academically it's possible that something like that happened and he's not eligible but the ncaa may look the other way and say you know what you get that one back i understand well we don't even have any camps to go up there and stand around and talk about this with each other all summer like we did last year trying to figure out how it's going to work and then all of a sudden a junior college player like noah guzman showing up in july or august or whatever what july i guess june july while we were standing there. So it's, it, it's fun, but I mean, they obviously have a couple needs. So if they can get two, uh, great. Um, I think we kind of know that those are guys are going to be in the trenches most likely, but if it's a third one and it's what you say, uh, or what you're speculating is possible that it could be somebody currently signed that might not make it. Boy, there are a couple thin spots that you really can't afford to lose one of these guys. And and one of the first mm-hmm. things I'm thinking is running back. Yeah. Um, you know, because they, 
They, I think they probably needed two in this class. They only got one. And if he's out, a very Sparrow, and, and I'm just, again, we're, I'm just talking about positions, not really his specific situation. But if he's out, all of a sudden you're going into fall camp, hopefully, with, what, three running backs on the roster in total. And one of them was moved to wide receiver last year, to in the year, or inside receiver last year. So... It's a tough situation. Got to figure it out before we get into the summer. So here's what's happened. Bob Huggins goes on camera and drops a bomb and says, and basically says, I'm going to let the people speculate and do the work here, which we have done. He's the Pied Piper, and we heard the music. Uh, I think I just did the same. I'm going to hope that someone hears this and has the answers and wants to solve it for me, too. So will it work? We'll see. Uh, Final mystery. Kenny Robinson. Hmm. Wow, it was a week ago where this was such a cool story. Players Tribune article writes an essay where he owns up to everything. Uh, I think does West Virginia a solid because um, they never have to say anything and they really can't say anything because of uh, privacy rules. But he comes out and says everything and it makes West Virginia look a lot better than I think a lot of people who maybe thought he got kicked off a team for, I don't know, behavior, some sort of actions, not academics or academic misconduct. Gets drafted. It's pretty cool. Um, Neil Brown says that he stayed in touch with Kenny throughout the process. And then, speaking of bomb dropping, (laughs) Kenny Robinson goes on Twitter and attempts to light up the academic department. And the person who everybody says does a really good job over there, Brittany O'Dell, and says that she pretty much told other players that Robinson's life was over and you don't want to end up like him. These are all allegations by him. Um, and this story is a lot different than it was a week ago, huh? Yeah, I thought that was, I mean, I'm not sure what to think. I, that seems so out of left field and, and honestly really petty, uh, you know, waiting until you get drafted to then just kind of do something like that. I, I get that maybe it, it fueled you. That's great. I love that. But to kind of go out in public and just take jabs like that when, like you said, it, We've heard nothing but good things about about Brittany as a as an academic advisor. I mean, I feel like I feel like Dana Horson shouted out the work she did more than like his assistant coaches during his time in mm-hmm. Morgantown. I mean, and and she kind of turned that thing around. The GPA had been going up across the whole team uh, ever every year since she got there. So this it. The fact that he's upset didn't catch me off guard. The fact that he went that route um, kind of did because we, I kind of joked about it last time. Is he? I know West Virginia is going to claim him, or at least the football team will, as far as recruiting goes, and saying they got another guy drafted. But I was curious how if Kenny would claim WVU if he would announce himself as you know uh, an XFL guy, a WVU guy, or just say his high school when it comes time to introduce himself in an NFL starting lineup one day. Yeah, we knew there were some hard feelings here. Um, guys don't get kicked off a of campus and enjoy it. He can say what he wants, and maybe he has come around on this, but when he left, he was not happy about it. Um, because, uh, listen, <laughs> it's not one guy that gets caught who does it, right? Let's just say that. And I think that maybe he thought that, like, blame wasn't being dispersed evenly here. But, like, there's no way – that the one time one person does something, he gets caught and gets expelled for it. And I think that like there was some animosity there. Um, and again, when we were talking and joking about who does he claim, 
I thought there was no way he would claim West Virginia. He was literally kicked off of campus, and we didn't think he was happy about it. And, you know, I've joked St. Louis Battlehawks and Imani Christian would be his his reps, but it's got to be one of those two now, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're wondering what happened here, but, like, we also kind of know what happened here. Full disclosure, I spent months trying to get the story to crack with help some, from some other people here. Some of you, many of you may know that. Um, it's something we've talked about before. You helped me with some stuff too. And there just wasn't a lot of cooperation for it. There are some things that you just can't do off the record. It's just not right. Um, and there are a lot of things because of federal privacy standards that you're not going to get cooperation on. But um, this has always been a thing. Uh, he was an accountability team captain last year. He was an NFL talent last year. You don't run guys like that off. Something happens. And we now know pretty much what happened. He's admitted to all of that. You can read that. Um, but listen, there were, there were some hard feelings there, I think. And then a lot of people um, weren't a fan of how he was treated or maybe how he was singled out, but also he wasn't the only person either. I think we lose sight of that too. There are other players who were there and then aren't there. And it's kind of an issue, I think for, for things like that at that time that maybe have been solved. Um, yeah, we, we heard all sorts of different stuff about corrective measures in their academics and what they might do because of this. Um, I don't know if it's causative or what, but, if Kenny Robinson says that he was doing an online class and had someone turn the project in for him, and then all of a sudden Neil Brown steals, steers his people away from doing online classes, that suddenly makes a lot more sense. It might be a good idea. Yeah, you get to have your players on campus and they can be part of the community more too, but also it removes a lot of problems and, and potential for danger if you can't, you can't have somebody go to class for you and turn in your work, you know? So I, I think that maybe these things are all connected to some extent and West Virginia tried to make its bed a little bit. Um, and clean things up. But um, I, I think it's kind of unfortunate, too, because it could have been a good ending for everybody. It's awful bold of a fifth-round pick to start burning bridges. Yeah. <laughs> I I am with you on absolutely everything you just said. Um, it, the, the first thing that should stand out to anybody that uh, to anybody is that people don't get kicked out of school expelled from school and all your you know your credits presumably taken away for that class for cheating one single time and admitting to it and having extenuating circumstances like laid out in his players tribune article so you do with that what you will uh but it's just like i said i i get that he's upset because yeah he he kind of it seems like he took the brunt force of of the issue at hand here at, with the with the cheating and he's out so i could see why that would motivate a person i would see why that would upset him why it would make him work harder and want to succeed but i don't get the just you know, kind of flying like blindside hit to the athletic department and to one single person one academic advisor that did not force him to cheat did not suggest that he cheat she you know i don't know it's it's that that part seems strange to me, and, and I think um, maybe if he had kind of thought about that before he put it out there or had another chance, or maybe now he might not have wanted to put that out there. It hasn't been deleted. <laughs> That's the go-to move when a guy does this. It's, it's either I got hacked or it comes down, and he's not only you know letting it live on his timeline, but I, I've looked at it this morning before we sat down. He's retweeting messages of support. Um, I don't see a lot of former teammates i saw one um i don't see a lot of former teammates saying yeah man thanks someone had to say this 
yeah. hasn't really happened. Um, so like that's that's kind of interesting to me that that hasn't happened. But like again, these may be players who are you know right now under the roof. Who knows? Or who just don't follow Kenny Robinson on Twitter, or who don't want to get in the fray. We'll see. Um, but again, it's kind of an un- unfortunate thing for Odell because she's not going to say anything. You just don't you don't do your washout back, so to speak. Um, so it's going to kind of go on unfortunately without an answer for West Virginia, which did appear to take the high road and, and try to, you know, at least be supportive of him afterward and say they were happy that things had worked out. And Brown said that, you know, glad he had a second chance and he made the most of it and upward and onward for him. Good player, just a, a strange turn here right now. But again, what, what led him to make this decision right now? Who knows? I would think that he probably heard some things after he left. I'm projecting here. I apologize, but like, let's also put ourselves in his shoes or in the shoes of people at West Virginia. When a guy like that is no more on campus, players are going to look around and go, what the heck? And they want an explanation. Would it have been unusual for Odell or Brown or anybody to stand in front of a room and say, listen, if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. Don't mess up what you have going for you right here. That would be a good thing to say to a football team and the players who might entertain ideas like that or might be vulnerable to make decisions like that and to see that and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. That might also get back to someone like Kenny Robinson and he may say, wait a minute, you said what? Because the message may be totally different and twisted when it gets to him, and it could have been something that they intended to mean one thing, and by the time it reached him, it meant something totally different. Yeah, it's a tough one. I was hoping he'd delete it and kind of move on, but at least he didn't pin it to the top of his Twitter feed to keep it there forever. I like it. I hate when guys I hate when guys pop off and they back off, you know? I mean, (laughs) be committed to it and, and stick with it, and you know what? If you said it and you meant it, then you meant it when you said it and that shouldn't change just because people got upset over something that you probably knew people were going to get upset about. So, Hey, good for him. We should want our athletes to be authentic and they give us good answers all the time. It would be disingenuous of me to say, wow, what was he thinking saying something honest and sincere? <laughs> oh, well, you got any more mysteries for us, Mike? No, we figured everything out. I think uh, we have provided no answers. We gave you no names and very few details. We said that we worked on stuff and we just can't talk about it. But such is life for us. Uh, even under the most ordinary circumstances, our hands are kind of tied and we can only do so much so often. Yeah. But another day, another drama will come soon, I'm sure. But let's wrap it up here. Well under 45 minutes, Chris. Congratulations. Uh, All right. Until next time, I am Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.